I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello there. You're listening to the Alton Our Stars podcast. That's the name of the show. My name's Chris Payne. I host this show every week on Billboard.com. Festivals is this week's topic. Had a couple of my friends from around the Billboard office, my colleagues, Natalie Weiner and Joe Lynch, and we we chatted about a thing that's a big deal for most people who work in media, who work in music, and I think for just a lot of music fans these days. Like festivals have become a big deal. Uh, it was. I would say maybe 10, 15 years ago when I was little, festivals are more of like a, you know, a novelty, a fun supplement. Now there's just like one base, one or more basically going on somewhere in America, definitely the world, somewhere in America pretty much every weekend throughout the summer and beyond. Festivals are a big deal now. I go to a lot of them and I I really do love festivals. We we clown on them a little bit in this show. We talk about the pros and cons, definitely a lot of the cons. But uh, we, we, we got a little cranky, some of us more than others. But um, I think actually we all got kind of cranky. Um, but uh, this, is a, this is a fun talk I had with everybody. We, we really just wanted, wanted to put it out there, just insider knowledge of people who do this for a living, spend a lot of time going to music festivals, writing about them, critiquing them, writing about the artists who play them writing about the business behind the scenes that puts them together and just really wanted to sum up what we think is up with festivals in 2016, why we're excited, what we think could get better. And if you're someone who goes to a lot of music festivals, uh, if you're into this podcast, I'm guessing you are, hopefully you'll learn a lot from this. So I had a blast. Before we start, just want to let you know that Alton Our Stars podcast runs every Friday afternoon on billboard.com. been doing it for over a year at this point, so plenty of old episodes to dig into. They're all archived to get there and also to subscribe to the podcast, get it every week. You can subscribe to the Alt in Our Stars a few different ways. You can search for it in iTunes, go to the podcast app on your phone, or if you're viewing this as an article right now on billboard.com, last paragraph, there's an iTunes link. You can go there. And also, you probably hear this a lot of times if you listen to a lot of podcasts, but Star rating, super helpful with everything we do with the Alt and Our Stars. Helps with it getting more attention, hitting more eyeballs, being on the iTunes main page, stuff like that. So if you can give us a star rating and any kind of feedback you have for the show, stuff you like, what you don't like, what you want to see, definitely, definitely let me know. So that's about all I have to say. 
Here is the Alt in Our Stars Festival Edition 2016. Enjoy. Yeah, so we are talking festivals today on the Alt in Our Stars podcast here with Natalie Weiner. Hey, what's up? And Joe Lynch. Hey, what's going on? Glad to have you both on the podcast. Thank you for taking time out today. Thanks. Thank you for inviting us. Such wow, an honor. wow. Yeah, the thank yous, the, the your welcomes out of the way early. <laughs> We're all so happy to be here. So yeah, I really wanted to do festival talk today because like a lot of times people talk festivals at the beginning of the season in April before anything's happened or wrapping it up in October when everyone's kind of done with it. But right in the middle of it, in the thick of it, when people are just off going to something or planning their calendars for something else. I just want to talk about the music festival because it's a big part of our lives and I feel like it's gotten to be an even bigger deal in recent years. Yeah. So yeah. Yes. Yes. <laughs> it's a big a big topic. Just like drop it on the table. Music, music festivals. festivals. They're here. They're not going anywhere. Well that's that actually is an interesting question like in terms of not going anywhere like so we've had like there's so many in new york now and i mean i don't mean to make it new york focused but since we are in new york like i'm wondering like is that gonna last like so there's governor's ball there's this new panorama and then there's another one that they just announced today meadows festival or something meadows music and arts festival and i guess that's in october and governors and uh panorama are about a month away but like how many festivals like it just seems like is there a need for that all, for all those festivals? The like, hot takes early? The <laughs> bubble's going to burst? Well, that did happen it, in, uh, uh, this would be better if I could remember the name of the city, but there was some state where they had two country music festivals competing ones, and they both ran each other out of business. I think it was in and now they have, Yeah, I think it was. Now they have no country music festivals. <laughs> so that could, I mean, that could happen in New York. I mean, yeah, we had Farnborough in previous years. New York was also on Randall's Island where Governor's Ball takes place, and that was canceled this year. I thought it only happened one time. Am I wrong about okay, that? Okay, so maybe just one time. I might have used a verb tense uh, that implied it was over multiple times, but maybe yeah, just well, once. I, I don't know. Um, but, yeah, I think, like, as long as there are teens, there will be music festivals because teens love festivals. Teens do, haven't yet learn to appreciate the finer things in life, which is watching music in like a comfortable setting as opposed to a setting where you're like wet and hungry and tired and in the sun, you know? (laughs) And they they find novelty in that, that the older people like us may, it's sort of worn off. So I think like, and teens have a lot of buying power. They have nothing better to do than like, you know, learn about music and go to festivals, which is, you know, I miss that time. <laughs> I, mean, I remember. I had no money when I was a teen, so I well, didn't attend a today, festival. Well, there's plenty of later. teens who have parents who subsidize their festival going, I believe. I never, like, I went to free festivals in Seattle when I was growing up, but, or, like, at Bumbershoot, like, which is Seattle, arguably, like, the biggest festival in Seattle proper, like, you can volunteer and get in for free, so... I did that. Yeah, I mean, there definitely is an economic side of it that you see, I mean, across not just teens, but all different people, demographics, like who goes to music festivals, what sort of artists they have playing there. And like, with what you, with teens, in the festivals I've gone to, I would say it's like maybe college age teens, if anything, with like a a Governor's Ball in New York or like a Bonnaroo. Coachella this year, I didn't really see too much. 
I mean, when I think of like these, like like the A list headline festivals, I really do think of like twenty, thirty somethings with money to burn is more like the the target demo. Yeah, I guess I like to refer to everyone I don't like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think of like early twenty somethings, like probably on drugs. Like, yes. and I don't mean that in like an old man like wagging his <laughs> fingers at the clouds, but like when people go, like for the most part, they're either like on something or they're drunk, like there really are very few people who are there just to like soberly watch the music. And you know, that I'm not saying that's bad. It's not like being on something means you don't enjoy the music or don't experience it. I mean, yeah. there's a level, you know, it's there's a level between being completely out of your mind and totally sober. <laughs> um, so We're just gonna stop talking about music festivals, talking about like Radio City Music Hall. <laughs> Politely watching the art. Okay. No, I'm always no, I'm always like, drunk out of my mind. I'm at Radio I mean, City. no, but that's like that's why I'm saying I don't think a festival is gonna go anywhere because people buy into that whole experience of being like, like you know, they're like, okay, we're gonna turn up, you know, like, and that's sort of yeah, what so it's like turn up in a field, you know. Like, it's it's less of like going to see an artist specifically like you would for a headline show in a club, more of just you want a lifestyle experience. Definitely, you want yeah, a weekend out or a day it's out. It's like, oh look, it's a scene. I'm here. I'm cool. I'm at a festival. Like how the people don't know who any of the bands are, and that's I mean that's a thing to talk about is like better festivals are ones where people actually like the music, you know, mm-hmm. because the vibe is so much better. I like, I don't know. So the specialized festivals usually by a certain genre or scene or something. Or just like, I think it just depends. Like some places attract like a, I don't know, a less engaged audience. I think GovBall for one, like it's just, it's so general, you know? I think there's like a bajillion different kinds of people who go to GovBall, which is awesome, but it doesn't really promote like a super great energy as far as like performer audience dynamic. I mean, there is this sort of, like, generic music festival lineup slash vibe that I see across most of the A-list top-level festivals where it's, like, a certain kind of rock and alternative, a certain kind of hip-hop, R&B, some dance, and, like, maybe a few novelties here and there, but it's, like, very homogenized across the board. Yeah, and I mean, I think that's a trend, right? Like, just that lineups have a lot more overlap than they used to. I mean, and it's like a lot of the artists are really great artists, but like I'm covering a bunch of festivals this summer or I already have and I love LCD Sound System, but it's just like a lot of seeing LCD Sound System. A couple <laughs> years ago, I mean like we love Kendrick, but a couple years ago Kendrick was just playing, he played every festival. Right. He was at everything. Maybe a little bit less now. He's at Panorama coming up. But it is, it's, it's like artists who fall into like a certain, you know, demographic or certain like sweet spots of certain genres that just get booked time and time again across the board. Yeah, like churches and Father John Misty <laughs> yeah. are just like, yeah. you can't yeah. have a festival. Yeah. If they they're are even if the default festival. Yeah, exactly. People. They're like, so we're throwing a festival and like <laughs> the phone suddenly rings. And it's churches, and they're like, all right, we're there. <laughs> Joe just had, like, a microphone <laughs> situation. It was, like, pointing was at that, the table. Was that churches on, the, on your cell? They, they wanted to play. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Last um, minute addition to Hot 100 Fest. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Billboard has their own festival. No. 
Yeah, so yeah. Exciting. I normally have a strict no promo policy on the Alt Star Podcast. I'm not promoting podcast, it. I'm just saying that it exists. We're gonna shout out Hot 100 Fest. <laughs> we Jane are. Speech Theater. Are you gonna Long go? Islands. I'm excited to see Ariana Grande. I really Ariana like Grande is the new dope. album. She is just like I love her so much, and I saw her at Barclays, and she was awesome. So get excited. Well, what about like? Is anyone else excited for any of the upcoming festivals? Well, I, like, brought a whole list. I thought that's what we were supposed to do. I came all prepared (laughs) with, like, a list of all the things that I'm going to or want to go to very strongly and the people I'm excited to see because I thought that was the topic of discussion. It is. It is. It it totally is. So I want to talk about just what we've seen so far this year and what we have coming up. Mm. So, yeah, I'll I'll start off. I've, I've been to... Coachella to start off the season, went for the first time, went to Governor's Ball for the third year, and Bonnaroo for the fourth year. I did Coachella, and I think that was my second, I think it was my fourth Governor's Ball, and maybe that was it? I don't know. What other festivals have there been? I mean, we, we'll we talk about Microfest later, but both of us just went to Shadow of the City Festival one That's day. That's true. Microfest in Asbury Park, New yeah, Jersey. Yeah, that was cool. Jack Antonoff's Fest, mm-hmm. like one day pop-up next to the, the famed Stone Pony venue. Well, I went to a good... I mean, I haven't been to as many because I'm not as fancy as Chris and Joe, um, but I did go to the Broccoli City Festival in D.C., which is another like one-day festival, but it's really, really fun, and this is the second year that I've gone, and it's just well, like... With the name like Broccoli, how could it not be fun? <laughs> okay, Joe. <laughs> Joe, terminally sipping the haterade. Um, that is a weird name, though. But to talk about the festival. Well, it's like it's sort of like Afropunk DC in a way. Like it has a sort of political impetus behind it, and it's like about getting food to underserved communities. You know, like food mm-hmm. deserts and that kind of thing. So, and it takes place in sort of one of the most like socioeconomically troubled parts of DC. So um, it's, like, meant to, you know, bring commerce and art to the people, as it were. Um, But, yeah, like, Future was headlining, but it was just a great lineup, and it's just a very chill vibe, um, as I told Chris I would be bringing up. The vibe a lot. Yes. I was just, he was, like, think of things you like in festivals, and I was, like, chill vibes. (laughs) Broccoli City Festival has a lot of chill vibes. And also I went to International Jazz Day, which is another one-day kind of fandango, um, which happened this year in D.C. That was also great, Also, although like heavily tailored to my personal interests. <laughs> but, yeah, so full disclosure, we all work for Billboard. We're all in the in, – we work in media, so we privilege that we get to go to a lot of festivals. We're often covering them, but we get to go to more festivals than the average consumer. So we'll put that out there. Try not to like – push it too hard in the pocket it's like we all go to so many festivals because like most people listening it's like maybe you're in in or near one city and you go to one festival a year like you live in chicago or outside of it and Lollapalooza is your festival and you're probably not taking a trip going to like coachella or something so unless you're super fancy in which case props to you for your jet set lifestyle <laughs> yeah so i want to Put it out there, just what we like about festivals, what keeps us coming, what makes us enthusiastic, and what turns us off about festivals, and like maybe how they can get better. So, like, what are some things that you value very? Maybe like three things that you value very highly in a festival. Like, I was thinking of things like the lineup, you know, the food at the festival, 
access, like how long it takes to get inside, and like is there lodging nearby, or is it a big travel uh, crowd, weather, um, maybe things you could see besides music, like comedy or something, cleanliness, appearance of the festival. Like, what are the t- at the top of your qualifications for a good festival? I think Joe should go first. God, I mean, that is a good question. I don't even really know. I guess, like... Do you want me to go? Because I already the, thought about this. Do you want right. me, would that be <laughs> yeah. easier? No, I can go. All right. Uh, I guess lineup, I mean, I yeah, really want to go me, first. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I mean, I guess lineup is, like, all that matters for me, ultimately. I mean, I guess, like, setting is important. It's cool to have, like... Like, it's cool that Coachella's in a desert... And uh, I've never been, but I hear Sasquatch is in this super it's gorgeous really place called The Gorge. Yes. Uh, the Firefly in Delaware I have been to, and that's in kind of like a cool wooded area, and it's right next to a casino. Oh, kind of like, I mean, no offense if you're listening, casino people, but it's, it's a little dingy. It's a little Atlantic. It's more Atlantic City than Las Vegas, but it's still like a fun Ooh. thing that's nearby. Um, I don't know. So it's like, I think proximity or like setting is important, but... I mean, also lineup, but that being said, I feel like don't most people buy tickets before the lineup's even announced? So they're some just, people do. They're, they're just like for something like Coachella that sells good. out instantly every year. Yeah, but, but they do put the lineup up when tickets go on sale the same day. But yeah, I just anyway, think it's cool that like at a festival you can like check multiple artists off your list. Like if there's yeah. one and it's like oh three people I've really been meaning to see, like one day or one weekend I can get all that taken care of. Yeah, definitely. No, I think lineup, it's like, and like we were talking about, it's so nice when people, I don't know, I find the ones that are a little bit more specialized are sort of better, just because you're not getting the same old people, for me, at least. Like, I'm going to Essence next week, which is exciting. Um, And that, like... They have a, they have four different female rappers on their lineup. Like, and the lineup is, like, almost half women, which is, like, a really... That's a whole other issue with festivals is how, like, how rarely there's a gender balance, you know? It's very often, like, male-dominated, just like the music industry at large is male-dominated. But, like, it's cool to see that, you know? That adds a whole different dimension to what's going on. Um, and, like... Like you said, like I went to Newport Jazz Festival last year for the first time. Whatever, Joe is giving me a mocking look. <laughs> one jazz fest after the other. <laughs> I thought was not, that was only one jazz fest, whatever. Um, but it was so perfect because I got to see all these people I'd never seen before. They had three stages going, and I was just like running around, like seeing all the jazz, and it was it was perfect. You were like like improving your. Oh my god! Shut up. <laughs> Why did I even agree to be here? I'm just gonna be mocked. <laughs> but yes, yeah, so for the record, Chris said, "Natalie, come on my podcast and talk about jazz festivals." So I'm here talking about. I, jazz I didn't. Festivals. I didn't. I didn't put you in a box like that. You mentioned jazz festivals. I did. You can go into our hip chat logs. I don't think I said jazz festivals. You definitely did. I don't know. I don't know about that. <laughs> But anyway, so to sort of tally us up, Joe, you you were saying your your top three was what? It was lineup, uh, proximity to the Set. festival itself, uh, lineup setting, and then I I didn't have a third one. <laughs> I, I meant like proximity to cool things, but that's kind of like cool setting. things. That could cool be a, things that could like be a lot casinos. of things. I guess maybe yeah. Okay, <laughs> I'm gonna make that the third casinos. thing. Like I also like it if it's um. If the festival is near something else, so it's kind of like a two for you. Like, all right, I'm gonna hit that festival, 
and hit then the slots. Uh, yeah, and then hit the slots. Or like when we do Coachella, like it's great because then you can be like, all right, we do Coachella. Then I'm gonna spend a couple extra days in LA, like seeing whatever. Like when I when we did Coachella this year, I took a couple days off and I went and saw like Sunset Strip, and I've never done that. So um, I think it's also great when it's next to or near like interesting things. I don't know. And Natalie, you were, you also said lineup, right? Yeah, I just think like I think an angle, I guess maybe okay. like is important for me for a festival to have. I guess, I guess you know, in spite of myself, I'm a fan of the like more specialized things. Like there was this one in Houston like last December, and now I'm totally spacing on what it was called, but it had like Kendrick Lamar and Philip Glass as headliners. I was like, what? Okay, I want to be there. Like that's cool and interesting, and like not something you see every day. Um, and I think otherwise it's just sort of like practical stuff, like, cause I'm, I feel like I'm a grandma and I'm like 25, <laughs> but I don't want to like be in super, super crowded craziness. You know what I mean? Like I like to have room to dance and okay, kind of like that's not like a grandma out. thing. <laughs> no, but like I went to Maine America and that's like insane. Well, I, like, I heard there so were logistic huge. problems with that last year. Oh, I didn't even know that. I mean, it was like mostly fine, but there are, that's one where there's like 20,000 people and they're just like all there to like look at Beyonce and you're just like all crammed in and it's just, ugh, it's yeah, not that pleasant. Yeah, sound fun. And everyone is like 18 because they allow 18 year olds to go. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, we all know my vendetta against the teens. Um, I mean, being the closest to a teen of the people here. I I don't. I don't think a lot of festivals have like an age limit, do they? No, they probably don't. (laughs) They let eighteen. There's not a lot of eighteen-year-olds at Newport Jazz Festival, so you know. So my take on this is lineup is not very important for me. And I'll tell you why. What? Because when I'm at a music festival, I'm not really in the mindset to see one of my favorite artists and like be at the front of the stage and really take in a great set of theirs for like an hour. Mm-hmm. I'm in the mindset where it's most con- conducive to seeing artists who I'm maybe not familiar with at all because it's easy to just see like a half hour of the set right. then go see like half hour of another set and most of the sets are pretty short to begin with and if you're just feeling the vibes if you're feeling the vibe vibes, if, if it's vibes. a good day out you're in that mindset where it's like you'll you know you're more open to just seeing stuff you're unfamiliar with i think that's true and i guess i do that a lot too at festivals i mean especially earlier in the day it's usually people There's more options and yeah it's a lot of smaller acts it's a lot of smaller and it's easier to like hop around because there are less people at the festival mm-hmm. uh, i mean typically like when it ends up like the headliners at the at night is like so many people you can like barely move uh no that's a good point yeah the discovery element of like festivals is really cool that's the only reason i still go you know it's just the opportunity to see a lot of different people like that's my favorite thing about afropunk it's so small and it's so easy to move around if you want to see like half the main stage set and half another stage set like it's not an issue you know you totally have access to all of it and it's like you don't have to trek 700 miles across like 
mud to do so. Yeah, I went to Afropunk once, and I want to say 2012. It was before I was at Billboard, and I remember mm-hmm. seeing like TV on the radio there. So I know what it was like like four years ago. But yeah, then it was free. Yeah, the, it was free the year the big I went. Shift is now it costs money. It's not expensive by any means, but but yeah, I think it's like they have their own issues with crowd control, but they keep it fairly mellow. I've never been there and been like, oh god, there's a stampede. You know, it's like for how small the space is, they keep it. It's like pretty low key. Like I went and it was like. I think Sango was DJing at night, and like I went over to his little spot, and like it, there was totally space, even though it was like a prime time act, like you know, nine p.m. whatever. And yeah. it's always sold out. It's just they don't sell too many tickets, unlike many mm-hmm. other festivals. So, so yeah. So what? Yeah, what I was gonna put higher than lineup on my preferences, maybe not so much in an order yet. I'll do that <laughs> later. But I think really important for me is. Just, proximity to the festival grounds and just being able to be at the fest really quickly because it makes me think that Bonnaroo is my favorite festival and so much of what I love about it is how you're just camping on the grounds so throughout the four days like your mindset doesn't leave like I'm at Bonnaroo I'm with the Bonnaroo people you just very quickly get up. Sounds very cultish. It sounds smelly. <laughs> it is, it's, it's all of these things. I mean maybe not I don't, I've never experienced cults <laughs> at Pottero, but we're getting it's, it's into like an like... NPR segment. All of a sudden, we totally like switched gears. <laughs> all things considered, with Chris Payne. But yeah, it's like, and being at Coachella this year, it's from like where most of the places anyone can stay are at. I mean, no one obviously camps at Coachella; it's too fancy for that. So people are looking at like a half hour, 45 minutes or whatever to like drive there and to actually get out of however you got there, Uber or car or whatever, and to walk onto the grounds. There was a lot of security procedure to get on. It took like, you know, over an hour from leaving where we were staying to actually get into the fest. Yeah, it's a hassle. It's like, I don't want to deal. I want to like just, I want a music festival to just feel like its own universe. I want to just get up and be there. I've never done that, so I mean, yeah, I went me to Bonnaroo either. and I I did have a hotel that was up through work mm. when I worked at Fuse, and I was glad because <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I actually like camping, like in nature camping, but and I've never done it, so I can't speak to for sure not liking it. I just feel like the whole like, you know, it's almost like what do you tailgating? Like it's just weird, like one tent lined up after another, and like, what if it rains? Then everyone's wet and smells. Weird. I mean, the disclosure is I've never camped there in a tent i've been in an rv every year and i'll, I'll be real i could never go back from that i mean the vast majority <laughs> of people who go to bonnaroo stay in a tent and like i it's it's like i think it's a, a state of getting used to something and being fine with it and it's just being accustomed to whatever but i could not bring myself to like i because i did go to one festival last year and stay in a tent and it was one of the worst nights of my life so see i think this comes with an important caveat like chris's love of the immersive festival experience i mean as long as he's in an rv this was camping for basilica (laughs) festival which is a great festival it's like a a small kind of like metal and noise themed uh, two-day thing in upstate new york in this old factory it's great but instead of like getting an airbnb or anything my friends and i just decided it would be a cool idea to camp for two days mm-hmm. and take the shuttle in and the day before we headed out for the second day 
it just poured all day and our stuff got wet and I just looked inside. It was puddles in the tent and spiders inside Oof, the tent. It's just misery. And we left for the fest. Just, I was like, yeah, I'm going to come back to sleep in water with spiders. What's going to happen tonight? <laughs> and also, my phone got smashed and ruined at like a post. You should celebrate yourself every day, but some days you should celebrate with jewelry. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Party on way back to that. So it was, it was terrible. Right. Well, I mean, That's there's the dark. weather element. I mean, aside from just like rain is obviously not a good thing, but... When we were at Firefly last year, not 2016, but 2015, like there was a huge like lightning storm and like they were it was like they were worried like there are so many people camping near there like what's going to happen like they had to bring in like federal or maybe state authorities or something just to make sure like these people weren't going to get like drowned, you know, (laughs) in this like big tent encampment during a lightning storm. Yeah, I'm not I'm not here for it. The only time I ever camped at a festival, I was literally 14, and I went to Sasquatch with my stepdad. (laughs) So that's not, like, a traditional, like, on-site experience, because I wasn't obviously drinking or doing anything And and this year at Sasquatch, there was... I didn't go, but we sent a writer, and he said... I mean, there were forest fires out there, not really near the festival, but because of the winds, they, they were like blowing the smoke in and you really people were like choking on the smoke oh and he got God. like soot in his eye like <laughs> basically in a global warming world like music, music festivals, festivals are going to be, become much more difficult oh that's so sad people are going to roast in their tents they're going to have forest fires soot in their eyes <laughs> who was he watching when he got soot in his eye you know i'm not sure actually i'll have to circle back and confirm that <laughs> well that's what so yeah, see, for me, it's, like, the opposite. Like, Afropunk is my favorite just because it's so accessible. Like, it's literally 20 minutes from my house in the subway. <laughs> and it's just, like, I can just go there and have my, like, I'm in the sun all day and seeing music and it's great and being drunk. And then I can go back to my house at the end. And there's something very lovely about that. <laughs> I mean, like, yeah, I'm, I'm practical, too. I was going to have, like, weather high on mine. Mm-hmm. Probably, like, too, because it's, it's, like, the, this... um. This Meadows music that the uh, the Live Nation Governor's Ball people announced for Queens for New York, it's going to be the first week of October. And it's just nothing against the festival, but just like history shows that there's a good chance that it'll either be uncomfortably cold or rainy or windy or all of them. And it's like, like we were at, Joe and I, we were, we were at Governor's Ball this year in the rain, knowing what it's yeah. like when you're thinking like, well... Hopefully my phone doesn't get ruined. Yeah. Maybe I'll go see the strokes and that'll make it okay. Yeah, pretty much. That was dicey. 
Although it was still fun, but yeah, I mean. I went to see a jazz concert that day that was also outside, <laughs> and it was like torrential downpour, and I was just like, I mean, but you I can't here? control for that, so it's not like you can choose yeah. to do a festival whether it will or won't but rain. But there's like Coachella where it's probably never going to rain. I suppose that's true. Yeah. I mean, so it's the conclusion, just go to Coachella. <laughs> Nothing else. <laughs> No, but Coachella is, like, really, like, fashionista, and, like, that's even the wrong term. It's, like, such a scene place. It's, like, such also, an L.A. scene. Also, nobody says fashionista. You know what? <laughs> Whatever. Very, very chic. People say chic, right? Chic people say. Whenever, uh, I, whenever I read fashion writing, I'm always surprised by how much people still use the word chic. Why are you surprised? It's a good it's word. A good word. I great band. Okay, I wasn't expecting that animosity, but <laughs> there was no animosity. The defense, of, the defense of the word chic. I don't know. I, I just don't hear people saying it out loud. Is what I meant. I think it's something that gets written more than it gets said, unless you're like an editor of Vogue. <laughs> Fair, but, but yeah. yeah, one I've never been to that I would love to is Voodoo in New Orleans, but that's mm. another one that's like late October. So I feel like that could be a dicey proposition, but, but I just feel New like New Orleans weather is way better. Though. Yeah, New Orleans is great weather, rain, I guess. Is... And again, that's another one where you can be like, okay, I'm gonna hit this festival, and then maybe a couple days after, I'll like spend exploring the city or mm. re-exploring the city. I mean, there's always stuff to do in New Orleans. Slots. There are slots. I've I've done slots <laughs> in New Orleans. Joe's. I'm not like a musical compulsive festival. gambler, but. <laughs> Tour of the United States. What well, casinos um, are fun? I don't even like gambling. I just they're just like <laughs> a lot of lights and like weird people watching. It's great. Joe, take him anywhere where there's neon lights. He'll be happy. Probably true. <laughs> Yeah, so Elsie sounds some uh, very high-profile reunion at uh, all, really all of festival season this 2016, starting at Coachella. Uh, got a chance to catch them out there. They're one of my favorite bands. They said earlier in the show, saw them at Bonnaroo. Great set, but for all the hype that's been around the LCD Sound System reunion, and for like the band reportedly. Asking for up to hundred or one million dollars per show. Jeez. Uh, just the crowds and the response they've gotten the festivals that I've seen just haven't really matched up to that. Hmm. Yeah, I kind of thought the same thing, and I, I think we might have even talked about because we were both at Coachella, but how it was weird that, um, so LCD was the big reunion on Friday night at Coachella, and then Guns N' Roses was the big reunion Saturday, and the Guns N' Roses was definitely a more like like excited crowd because that's something that's like it's one of those like when hell freezes over reunions like axel and slash back together like that no one was thought the it would happen that was the that thing. was when theirs was the not in this lifetime yeah um but even that like i and it was great the guns and roses was so much fun and the audience was into it but like i gotta say like the crowds at like disclosure and like calvin harris um who played who headline coachella a different year were just like way bigger and like 
just as if not more turned like definitely compared to the lcd crowd like i mean the lcd probably attracts older listeners but like you know like the people who saw disclosure were like way bigger crowd than lcd even though that was the one that like all the music outlets were reporting on and that they probably paid more for i guess since it's like a reunion i mean i don't know i don't know what they paid for each of these people but i mean what we reported was up to a million was what uh LCD was asking and for. And I doubt, like, Disclosure got that. Maybe Calvin Harris gets that for his stuff. But I think there is an element, like, you know, you can do these, like, headline-grabbing reunions, but like we're saying, like, it is younger people. You know, it's, like, teens, late 20s, really, like, mid-20s is kind of, like, the highest, the higher age range there. And, like, those people, like, they're, they're kind of just there to party. Like, they don't need, like, an unexpected reunion. Like, they don't care if, like, Morrissey and Johnny Marr are on stage <laughs> together. Like, they just want to, like, have Calvin Harris drop the, you know, the hits that they know and, like, dance to it. Yeah. I forgot I went to a, fe- a festival headlined by the Chainsmokers, so I can really strongly, I blocked it out successfully. <laughs> so, oh, Chainsmokers um, are pretty good. When I saw them, they oh my brought God. out Third Eye Blinds at Coachella. This just... And then, then I saw your boy Kamasi bring out mm-hmm. the singer Stephen Jenkins of Third Eye Blind to sing Johnny Cash at the Super Jam at Bonnaroo. Well, you're just wow. Mr. Did he do Ring Pants. of Fire? Was that? It was. Yeah. <laughs> nice. I figured. Joe has it on lockdown. Um, yeah, no. I don't even know. I think the reunion thing, I, I don't know. I haven't been confronted with that as much personally. I do understand that sometimes, like, the hype is bigger than the result, you know, a lot of times, I think. But I do appreciate, like, the effort to do something novel, mm-hmm. you know? Like, there's that twin shadow doing all of, is it Purple, Purple Rain? Rain? Which is, like, a highly questionable idea, but I also appreciate the effort, you know? Like, I think that's a cool idea to have people do, like, full album sets or that mm-hmm. kind of thing. It's, that's it's interesting. music. Hmm? Meadows music. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Speaking of, we haven't talked about the old cella. I think it's oh, officially yeah. called Desert Trip. Desert Trip, yeah. Which is like McCartney, Stones, Dylan, Who, Roger Waters, and Neil Young. Um, Where they're all just going to make like $500 bazillion. Right. I mean, that'll be interesting. I would love to go. And that being said, I will not pay any money to go. I want billboards to send me. <laughs> um, Good luck with that one. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I'd be so curious to see what the crowd would be there. Like, I mean, obviously, like, every generation of teens, like, gets into the Beatles, and I think to a lesser extent, like, the Who, but it's going to be, like, really, like, older people. Well, I think it's also going to be a lot about money, too, because the tickets are just so insanely expensive. I bet there's going to be a lot of finance bros who are like, oh, yeah, Paul McCartney, and then they just, like, shell out for the bazillion dollar yeah. VIP package or whatever. Yeah, I don't think the crowd's going to be, like, super lively. I don't know. Maybe they will, you know, get a glass of wine and mom and dad, and they're doing the foxtrot, so they, I don't know. That's, that's, that's way older than the Beatles. people danced to the You know, the ragtime fest exactly. also coming to the uh, Coachella Desert. Hey, you know, like, don't hate. Maybe they'll do the foxtrot at Newport. <laughs> No, everybody just sits at Newport. It's really great. There's like a million like 70-year-olds and they bring their lawn chairs and they just like <laughs> plop down in the sun and everybody's just like roasting away because it's super hot because it's beautiful. Newport, you know, Rhode Island. Is... alive or dead. <laughs> <laughs> just, just... Shut up. <laughs> 
Um, yeah, so we're talking about the uh, the old cello, the desert ship, is Golden Voice, the company that people would probably most know for Coachella. They're also doing Panorama, which is coming to New York City next month in July. Randall's Island, same place that Governor's Ball is held. So, which is the rival company, which is which is a Live Nation who does Governor's Ball on the same ground. So, there's a lot of competition, a lot of festivals where one is with one company and one is with the other and there's like two companies or three companies or not that many and they're all like at each other's throats with mm-hmm. the same sort of stuff. Yeah. Yeah, it's a funny funny little world. Um, yeah, especially since like the consumer could not care less. Yeah, like there's no, no way the consumer yeah. never even knows. Like it's on the ticket. Like it's like Golden Voice presents Coachella like no one cares. Like no one is paying attention. I, I to say that though, because like He's the, not in the, business. the lineup at Coachella and Panorama is very, very similar. Right, right. Because they already have those relationships or whatever. It's just and like the way they come up with these lineups <clears throat> is artists will basically put themselves out there for a festival season for a given year, and the festivals or their companies will just go down the line and bid on them, and that's sort of how how they wind up at whatever festival and also how it's a lot of the same artists at the big festivals because because they're just like I'm doing this this year I'm doing festival and it's and it's a lot easier to just go down the line than like go outside the box and try to find an outsider right yeah well, I festival. if you're not like doing a festival then you're like touring and that makes it hard to do a festival although some people do both but so there's probably that element too it's like all right we're not touring so we're just going to do a bunch of festivals this mm-hmm. summer I wonder so. what's more lucrative, like a bunch of festival dates or a solo tour? Oh, it's, I mean, like, I wanted to get into this too, but with, like, I think just about everyone except for, like, A-list pop stars, like, festivals will get you more money. That's sort of what I thought, but, yeah. Hmm. But the crowds are worse, so you have to figure out what you want. Mm-hmm. Because, like, when, I, when I've investigated in the past, like, why there are not that many female headliners, especially at festivals, what... I've noticed before is that most of the A-listers in music right now are female, but Mm -hmm. for either because they're not interested or just because they're too expensive, like Taylor Swift, Rihanna, Beyonce, Nicki, just won't usually wind up at a festival. It's like Katy Perry, Lady Gaga. And when you get to like that B and C list of like possible headliners there, it gets to be a lot more male. Yeah, and also another interesting thing is I think a lot of festival lineups are contingent on sort of artistic credibility and critical acclaim, like more than maybe just traditional concert booking. Like, you know, Mm -hmm. you don't need like artistic credibility to book an arena tour, but you do need it to be playing at a festival, which is ostensibly curated and for a particular young hip audience. And that sort of outlook favors men a lot more than it favors women, I think, usually. And I think it devalues pop music. Right. And that's where, like, the big female A-listers are for the most part today. Right. Yeah, I just think it's interesting how, like, we kind of, like, give that credibility to men a lot more easily than we do to women, I think, usually. Um, But, yeah, that's sort of a more nebulous dynamic, hard to, like, put numbers on that and stuff. But I just think that's one of the trends that makes booking men so much easier and more appealing for festivals. Yeah, and there, there are some, like, female artists who are more on the come-up for potential headliners. Like, one who I've seen a lot more this year high on list is Ellie Goulding. She's not... I don't mm-hmm. think she's a top headlining any festival, but she's been, like, 
the artist before the headliner at yeah. a bunch of festivals at like at, I think because she does dance music you know what I mean like and like that's that so yeah because that's like that is festivals yeah so like, like everyone's she, like she she definitely her music definitely lends itself to like to a festival yeah no it's interesting but yeah like I said essence which mm. makes sense because it's a women's magazine that sponsors the event but it's great Mariah you don't see her headlining Coachella. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that is cool. There's, I mean, to step back from, like, working at Billboard, just, like, I think in general, even if I wasn't here, I'd say, like, that pop lane just isn't worked very much by festivals that for, like, pretensions or just, like, whatever. They just choose not to go there. Well, I think the interestingly, the thing that fills that void is the, like, jingle ball bash things, you know, those, huh. like, a huge, and, like, summer jam, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, the big stadium arena shows that people do kind of seasonally that are run by the radio stations because they have all those connects you know and people want to get reach a radio audience so they do them and they have this kind of like their own little dynamic and like cyclical relationship um like they want to get played on the radio so they play the radio roundups blah 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 blah. yeah Yeah, like shorter set times yeah usually like maybe in just one night one day, whatever, having night, like yeah, yeah. six to eight to ten artists all like playing, maybe starting off with like two or three song sets up yeah. until like a headliner maybe playing for 45 minutes. Yeah, you no, know? definitely. It's a different model. Younger guests, often with their parents, having it probably at a place that's more accessible to where lots of kids live as opposed to just like Coachella right. Desert. Yeah, no, that was like one of my first concert experiences. I went to like Jingle Bell Bash in Tacoma, Washington at the Tacoma Dome. Who was playing? One of them, Destiny's Child, was actually headlining. Oh, wow. But at that time, I was not cool enough to appreciate Destiny's <laughs> Child, which I'm very embarrassed about. I was there for Avril Lavigne. There's nothing wrong with that. <laughs> There's kind of a lot wrong with that. Hey, which which album who, who is still going question. right now in 2016? <laughs> Destiny's Child or Avril? <laughs> uh, Beyonce. <laughs> 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 um, but yeah, no, and at the time I was like, oh, I guess Destiny's Child's pretty good, you know, in my like, because I was always a music snob, even when I didn't know what I was talking about. So I was like, oh, Avril is like the pinnacle of music, like Destiny's Child is trash. And then I saw them mm-hmm. and I was like, oh, no, they're pretty good. Sean Paul also played. Oh, Sean Paul, that's awesome. <laughs> that like blew my mind, my little like 13 year old Seattleite mind, like Sean Paul coming out with all his dancers and he was just like, you know, doing the intense dance hall mm-hmm. thing. And I was like, I've never seen anything like this, which is the beauty of a music festival. Yeah, so I think we talked about most of what I want to talk about. What about just what we're looking forward to festival-wise going forward? Well, I I mentioned Essence, which I'm very excited about because it's like 
a Natalie specific lineup almost. It's Kendrick Lamar, Mariah Carey, Sierra, <laughs> Jeremiah, <Yeah>. <laughs> like, and a bunch of women rapping. So like that's perfect. Wait, who are the the female rappers? Uh, it's like there. pretty like lower key names like mm-hmm. Tink, Lady Lesher, okay. Little Sims, and MC Light is gonna be there. Ooh, I've seen her live. Yeah, it was good. Yeah, it was really I'm gonna good. try and interview all of them and do some sort of hip hop women in hip hop round table thing um and then i'm trying to go to panorama too because that looks like a great lineup honestly like just a lot of people i haven't seen before who i would like to yeah check arcade out. fire is playing and they are really good and they're they're I've one of the bands before, that is not like playing a million other festivals right. this yeah. summer although kendrick isn't either and he'll be doing the like uh Odds and Sods album, which, you know, <laughs> I haven't heard yet. So I, I want to hear that too, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, no. And and Afropunk, obviously. I mean, Ice Cube is headlining. Like, it's going to so be. Summer Coachella already, no big deal. And he well, played with NWA, us, okay. so whatever, I'm good. <laughs> not all of us get to go to Coachella, okay? <laughs> like, whatever. I like Afropunk more anyway, and the crowd is better. So it's probably true. I know it's true. <laughs> So that and jazz festivals, which I will not bore you with the details, but the lineups are all great and nobody, either of you, has ever heard of. So, Wow. Are you saying about being a music snob when you were a kid? <laughs> I said I've always been a music snob. Not that it was just when I was a kid. I know. Do you want me to read my list? Yeah, I wrote so, them yeah, all down you, for you. Say who the jazz festivals are. Okay, well, at Newport, Kamasi is playing twice because he's, you know, Jazz's brightest young thing, which is incredible, like, period. His crossover into mainstream festivals is just almost unprecedented for a jazz artist, in thoughts, at least. And so crazy, because his album is, like, three hours. Yeah. There's no way everyone but you know talking what it about is? him is it listening It really to is, like, I, my personal thesis is that it's connected to sort of the, like people's love of electronic music which translates into kind of a renewed love for jam bands like kind of like just extended songs and like riffs and stuff and he really is more like he's a jazzy jam band like Mm -hmm. that's like the live experience of his music is like that rather than it is like rather than like a traditional jazz club like vibe yeah you know it's much more like a fucking grateful dead concert than it is like going to the village vanguard um, which is cool, you know, it's mm-hmm. not like to take anything away from it, but the recording of the album sounds a lot jazzier and they've like mm-hmm. given it a lot of funk spin kind of in the live rendition. That makes sense. Which is interesting and it works really well. Um, Steve Coleman is playing Newport. He's very good. He just got a MacArthur Genius Grant and he's like just an incredible saxophone player. Tyshawn Story, a drummer I love. Nora Jones is headlining, you know, all the nothing but the hits. Um, but yeah, see, you're already bored, so I'm gonna stop reading. Yeah, my eyes are glazing over. <laughs> but yeah, it's it's gonna be dope, and it's really beautiful. Newport Jazz Fest and Newport Folk Fest are in the same place, and it's like this very lovely little corner of Rhode Island. Yeah, I'm really excited for Riot Fest. They uh they have it at where is that Chicago, mm-hmm. and then there's there used to be a date in Toronto. This year it's just Chicago and Denver, but. It's kind of like a, like a grown-up warp tour with, like... Chris likes rock, <laughs> in case you couldn't tell from his podcast, The Alt Star Stars. 
All right, I'll just let you put me into a box there, but <laughs> you guys laughed at my jazz. No, no, Uh, I've never been to Lollapalooza once, so I'm hoping to do that this year just to just to see what it's all about. I've done different festivals in Chicago, but and I mean Chicago's great. I love that city, and I just feel like I want to see what that, what that, as we've been saying, what that vibe is all about. You know, I've hit like the other <laughs> major festivals, and I'd like to just like know what that one feels like. So yeah, it's also like one of the OG ones, which is kind mm-hmm. of interesting to me. Twenty fifth anniversary year. Yeah, I mean that's way that's older. That's my than... anniversary. Is almost, <laughs> it's one year younger than I am. <laughs> uh. <laughs> yeah, anyway. And four four days this year instead of just three. <clears throat> oh really? Mm-hmm. Ugh, that's too much. I don't want to go anymore. <laughs> <laughs> <I'm just kidding. laughs> the Thursday lineups are always really dumb though. They're always you look at it and you're like, do I even want to get there that early to see like this band? You know, it's usually you're like, really, it's like a fifty fifty. For the most part, I find. All right. I don't know. Joe is actually just secretly a Lollapalooza hater. He just brought it up <laughs> so he could talk shit. <laughs> I didn't mean specifically Lollapalooza. I just mean any festival where it's like starts Thursday night. Like the Thursday is very weak. And like to the point where it's like usually I consider not going. Even if I'm in the area, I'm like, I might have more fun like exploring the local town and like the nightlife than. You know, going to see, I don't want to throw any particular band under the bus, but going to see X band that I don't care about. I mean, that they have the Thursday four-day model at Bonnaroo, and I usually enjoy the Thursday just because it's like a more laid-back day where there's less people on the grounds, just get the feel of the festival. Like a couple years ago, I remember Tovlo was like, there's never really like a technical headliner for Thursday at Bonnaroo, but she was the biggest artist, and there were a ton of people there to see Tovlo, hmm. which hmm. was really cool. The year before that, it was Pusha T. That was really neat. That's cool. Pusha T is awesome. That's my helpful insight. We all, yeah. <laughs> all down with Pusha T. I think that's a good uh, note to wrap on, festival-wise. Pusha T brings us all together. Puts numbers on the board. When are we going to get that he Clips does. reunion at a festival? Oh, man. No, his <laughs> brother new- is like, no, I don't. I saw, oh, my God, I saw a headline on a hip-hop blog, not just anywhere. It was like, Pusha T's brother releases new music. Aww. And I was like, guys, come on. It's a little sad. It's mm-hmm. just I mean, I, I think it's much more to, like, hate on the writer for just, like, wow, this person an idiot. I don't think anyone is going to, like, Right. Be dissing malice like that at no. this point. There's no malice now. He's though. no malice. No malice. Yeah. But the artist formerly known as Malice. Um, but yeah. Well, thanks for coming by, guys. This was fun. It was thanks for fun. having us. Thanks Festivals. For having us. Festivals. Festivals. How many of us go to them? Okay, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's the show. Hope you enjoyed Natalie, Joe, and I chatting about all things festivals. We'll be back next Friday. New episode of the Alton Our Stars runs every Friday on Billboard.com. To subscribe, get it every single week. You totally should. And go to iTunes, search for the Alton Our Stars there. Go to the 
podcast app on your phone, search Alton Our Stars, or if you're viewing this as a story on billboard.com, just go to the last paragraph and click the iTunes link. You can subscribe there, give us a star rating, and also all the episodes since the very beginning are all archived there. Um, some stuff we've had on the show lately, Mitski, Car Seat Headrest, Courtney Barnett, a lot of good stuff to dig into. So all the archives there, Alton R Stars podcast, every Friday on Billboard. That's about all I have to say. So until next time, peace out, guys. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.